Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about engaging boards for visionary leadership and support. And with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Vic Baker, Manager of Customer um, Programs at San Diego Gas and Electric. Vic, thank you so much for being on the line. Thank you, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And also with us today, we have Mike Burns, who's partner with BWB Solutions out of Connecticut. Uh, thank you also, Mike. Surely. Nice to be here. Yeah. We want to just start by asking each of you to share a little bit about your background so that our audience can have um, a little bit of perspective or a little bit of an understanding of the perspective that you each bring. Vic, why don't we start with you? Okay. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, again, my name is Vic Baker. I'm with San Diego Gas and Electric here in San Diego, California. Uh, I've been with the organization for about five years. I'm actually a career engineer, civil and environmental engineer. So it's uh, being on a board is a little bit different than my uh, my normal experience in life and designing. But uh, I'm currently uh, I currently reside as the vice president of the Neighborhood House Association, uh, a social service organization here in San Diego. Uh, I've also belonged to the National Minority Supplier Development Corporation, the San Diego chapter, and I belong to the selection committee on that. But I also do um, several local organizations that I reside on the board, and that's our local little league. I do have a couple of children and uh, our youth football. And, of course, my fraternity I also participate with as well. Okay. What fraternity would that be? The Omega Sci-Fi <laughs> Fraternity Incorporated. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Vic. Anything else you'd like to share? Oh, not at this time. Okay, wonderful. Again, it's a, it's just a pleasure to have you on the show. Mike, would you say a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, Mike Burns, BWB Solutions. I'm a partner here. I've been in the business for uh, about 30 years, the business of working with nonprofit uh, organizations doing uh, governance work, um, board exec relations work, and uh, uh, revenue-generating ventures. And we serve nonprofits, I think, predominantly on the east side of Chicago, down the coast, and uh, uh, we're, we're really about making sure that folks make the hard decisions that it, it takes to have uh, good outcomes. Wonderful. Well, again, Mike, it is a pleasure having you on the show. I think you were one of our very first guests on Leadership Matters when we first started, like, ah, Gosh, I don't know. Has it been over a year now or at least almost coming up on that, huh? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I think it was yourself and Jenny Fermer, huh? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to ask each of you just to think about and maybe respond um, to the question with regards to how does it help the success of an organization? Or perhaps another way of saying it is why is it important um, for a board to be engaged? Mike, we can start with you. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, from my perspective, first of all, and and perhaps from a very legalistic perspective, the board is the surrogate owner of a nonprofit, uh, and it therefore is uh, responsible uh, legally and practically for setting the direction, reducing the risks, and evaluating outcomes 
uh, to ensure that the nonprofit succeeds in mission. The more engaged the uh, board can be in uh, fulfilling these three functions, uh, the more successful I believe the board will be and the more successful the nonprofit will be. Uh, outcome-focused, uh, but um, making the decisions about what are the outcomes that are important, uh, understanding whether those have been su- uh, successful, and, uh, of course, uh, ensuring that risk is reduced uh, on the best interests of the nonprofit. Okay, great. And I'm going to just um, push a little bit for our listening audience with regards to how how does this level of functioning at the um, uh, let me say at the strategic and policy level differ from the day to day operational stuff and and where's the line as it relates to um, board engagement in operations? Well, of course, this is a classic debate uh, by people like me who are <laughs> what we call capacity builders and of course like boards and of course execs and part of the definition of where the line begins and ends is related to the stage of development of an organization. If you're in a little tiny organization that's doing day-to-day stuff and it doesn't have any staff, well, for what good governance means is the board pitching in and doing the day-to-day work. But when you have an organization that's robust, it's it's got some money, uh, it's got a big mission, uh, then uh, and it has staff, uh, then the role of staff is to carry out the vision of the board. And, and so that line gets pretty clear as the organization matures. It doesn't, it, the line gets clear, but of course the ability of a board who's been day to day handling all the details and then has to get up to a place where now it does the real board, uh, the, the real quote unquote fiduciary job of a board, uh, that is the oversight. Uh, that line gets blurred up until it's a mature board. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not a it's not an easy answer to say every board is going to practice exactly the same. Uh, that we know the difference between micromanaging and macromanaging, but we know that uh, for a fact that legally boards are responsible for fiduciary responsibility. Fiduciary responsibility carries policy planning and evaluation jobs, but in a in a young board. Policy planning and evaluation is day-to-day. In a mature board, policy planning and evaluation is big picture, three-year, five-year. Wonderful. Thank you. Vic, why don't we have you jump in here and and add to or respond to what um, Mike has shared. Well, I will tell you, you know, I thought I would get on this phone call and, and learn a lot from Mike, and I already have, and I love the way you put that, Mike. We're our surrogate owners of the nonprofit, and that thing. I'm going to hold to that and use it. So uh, I'm not going to acknowledge you every time I use it, so just consider it stolen. <laughs> well, there is a but copyright I, on that. So. <laughs> I do believe that there is a, a clear definition of vision and operations, and I do agree with Mike, and it's dependent on the level of organization that you're in, you know. Uh, but I, uh, for example, when we look at the Neighborhood House Association, it's a big, it's an $80 million budget. So it's a big uh, funded organization, federally funded organization. Uh, you know, our vision, uh, our purpose of the board is this is not our full-time job. We give directions. We don't deal in the day-to-day operations. We make a clear definition that the only employer we have is our CEO. We give him direction. We do the oversight of the organization, uh, and we hold the organization accountable for for all that it does. Okay. Another aspect of it that I'd like to uh, include is that part of the reason we're on a board is because uh, we can give a kind of an outside perspective 
not just from our leadership standpoint and the organizations we serve on our full-time jobs, but actually from also potential donors. You know, most of the boards that we that I'm going to serve on are, are nonprofit associations. And so here we have a perspective in which we can invite uh, an organization to prepare itself to meet the needs of a donor uh, who's out wanting to uh, give some of their um, their time, talents, and treasures away. Okay. Uh, inclusive of that is when we get to smaller organizations, and I mentioned to you that uh, I participate in the Little League and youth football and things of that sort, Mike is absolutely right. We have to roll up our sleeves. We're not just a board, but we have to do the registrations. We have to do the, the, the calling of the parents and, you know, collect the money and distribute and make calls and, 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 and make contracts with parks and recreations. We have to do it all. So uh, I do feel that we, uh, the level of the organization does depend on uh, on uh, the amount of aggressiveness that the board would entail. But overall, I do believe that we need to make sure that the vision, the organization, the board's or the board's responsibility has a defined, a, a clear definition of whether they're going to devil in the operations because you can step on a lot of people's toes and hurt the organization if that's not defined. Okay. And as we go there and stay there for a moment, so when we're talking about a fully engaged board, what does that look like? What does that look like? I, I know that Mike has talked about policy planning and uh, evaluation. And so um, anything else you want to say with regards to, if I have a listener who's trying to define, because I'm hearing you with regards to say, okay, when you give birth to staff, you need to let staff do the operations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, anything else you want to say as relates to what that fully engaged board looks like? Vic, I love the, the uh, TTTs, the Time, Talent, and Treasures. <laughs> And, uh, and inviting to meet the needs of the organization as relates to finding the, the donor matches. Um, anything else you would want to add to what that fully engaged board looked like? And you're going to hear me say uh, the TTTs, the three Ts, throughout our conversation this evening, so get used to it at this moment. I'll say uh, from uh, a non-technical aspect, and I think, Mike, you really come from a technical, and I really appreciate that, but for somebody who doesn't have the uh, the education you have with regard to board, I would say the most important thing that I see uh, for a fully engaged board is passion. Okay, that particular word exudes itself in the amount of work we do, the uh, amount of engagement that we perform, how well we intend for this organization to go, how strict we're going to be with policy and procedure, how how far out are we going to be visionaries, five, ten years, twenty years. That passion, you have to love and appreciate what it is that you're serving, what that organization is serving, and really be a participant in that from the heart through your your time, talents, and treasures. Mm-hmm. Love it. So, so really, and I like that um, going right to the heart with regards to the passion, like the board really needs to care about the life and the livelihood or the sustainability of the organization and achieving whatever has been established as the uh, mission and the vision. Mike, anything you'd add? Yeah, uh, Vic, you mentioned uh, about how a board, they're not there 24-7. The staff are there 24-7, hopefully not, but uh, likely. And and so that means that uh, when we see what engagement looks like on the day-to-day, it's not. What it is is uh, the board does its homework. It prepares for coming to meetings. It goes to meetings. I, I can't tell the number of times 
I hear about absentee uh, board members, and and they go to meetings, and they and they're intelligent at meetings. They're intelligent as as they can. They lend their gifts, um, and they're prudent. Uh, a fully engaged board is both intelligent and prudent. And I think, in addition, uh, and last, they're they're results focused. They ask the questions about results. They understand that they've set a path for what results should be, and they follow that path. Um, and then last, I think, besides the board meetings themselves, which I, by the way, am a fan of maybe four a year rather than one every every month, um, I like uh, committees uh, that do the homework for the board, and I think membership on those committees is important as part of engagement. And I like task forces on occasion, which can help do special tasks that, you know, have a sunrise and sunset and get jobs done for the board. So I think those are all part of uh, carrying out the passion. Excellent. Wonderful. Love it. When we come back, I'm going to ask each of you to respond to what is the biggest challenge leaders face in engaging boards. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about... um, Engaging Boards for Greater Vision and Support. 
And with us today helping us to have this conversation, we have Dick Baker, who's the Manager of Customer Program at San Diego Gas and Electric here in San Diego, California. Dick, again, thank you so much for being on the line today. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. And also have, helping us to have this conversation, we have Mike Burns, who's partner with BWB Solutions out of Connecticut. Thank you also, Mike, for being on the phone. My pleasure as well. Mm-hmm. So before we went to break, I said when we came back, I would ask each of you to share a little bit about your thoughts on what the biggest challenges are that leaders face in engaging boards. Vic, why don't we have you go first? Okay. Um, you know, the question in itself, you know, leaders face in engaging boards. The, the reality is most of the board members are going to be leaders. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And one of the common uh, traits of a leader is that we're all type A's, you know, we're reds. <laughs> so how do how do we get along, right? Because we all have our our sense of ownership and and uh, control that we we like to exude. So humbling ourselves is one of the biggest challenges I feel. Engaging boards is re- recognizing that you are amongst peers that do have as much or more experience and and, and talents as you do, and and have brought that here so that we can engage in making this particular organization successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful. Mm-hmm. An, another piece I would say is uh, understanding the charter of the board. What are we here to do? Um, um, and the amount of commitment that it takes to do it. I think those are the biggest challenges facing uh, as we engage these boards. You know? And when I say that, I mean examples the vision versus operations, you know, are we here to rubber stamp everything that comes our way? Are we showing up to the meetings like Mike has said? You know, those type of commitments and charter matter. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And, Mike, any thoughts in relation to what um, or in response to what Vic has said? Well, I, you're absolutely correct, uh, Vic. In my opinion, the clarity of the job is first and foremost one of the biggest challenges. I think there are two other challenges. One is uh, as much as it is leaders that get to the boards, uh, getting those leaders is a big challenge these days. There's all kinds of competing demands for uh, folks' time and energy and uh, just uh, comfort at sitting at a board. So board recruitment, getting the right people on the bus, um, those are those are not just buzzwords. Those are realities that uh, every board is facing in perhaps terror of of uh, that day when the governance committee has to go out and find the next best folks after the the group that's sitting there now moves on. Uh, I do think that's actually one of the tasks of a board member is to look for a replacement of themselves. Uh, and I think the other big uh, challenge these days, and, and it's funny that we're we're answering the question about big challenge leaders face, but I think the leadership itself, uh, board chairs. Uh, I think there's a, a big uh, challenge with board chairs, uh, both uh, A, uh, having the skills, and uh, particularly around facilitation, getting agreement, good process, whether it's Robert's rules or some other set of rules, but um, getting people to a place where they make decisions, where they don't beat up on the executive, where they – uh, understand their roles. So th- this is the uh, board chair getting people through meetings and good decision making. And I think board chairs, w- we have a gap out there of getting people who make for good chairs. Excellent. And I'm going to push a little bit and go back over um, each of those. Um, the first one you said was clarity of job is first and foremost. 
Mm. In meeting each of these challenges, any thoughts on how one might go about helping to have these challenges met? Talking first about this first one, clarity of job. Yeah, well, uh, board orientation uh, mm-hmm. actually begins with recruitment. When mm-hmm. I when I call Vic up and say, Vic, have I got a board for you? I, I need to be honest and tell Vic, what do I really have for him? Is this a, a board in crisis? Is this a board sailing along with huge amounts of resources? Uh, I need to say what that is, and I need to say why I'm calling Vic. What's the skill and the gifts that he's got that he's bringing to the table that I really value, and what role he will play, and what role the board currently plays? So, you know, where are they in their in their life stage of development, and how much time do I expect Vic to give? How much money do I expect, if I expect that at all, for Vic to give? All those things can be uh, enunciated during the screening process of recruitment. And then when Vic gets to the table, uh, I need to talk about culture. I need to talk about process. I need to talk about who the other players are around the table. And I need to talk about what we value as outcomes and uh, our customers. Uh, So all of that stuff is part of the training. Excellent. Good. Vic, anything you want to add? I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, very well put, Mike. Wonderful. Second thing you said as challenge was getting people to serve recruitment. Any suggestions with regards to how one might go about meeting that challenge? I think one thing you said, Mike, was having that person really own as responsibility finding their replacement. Mm. Anything either of you would add in addition to that around meeting the challenge of recruitment? Hey, Vic, I actually look to you on this one. I'm, I'm not in the recruitment place, and you're serving on lots of places. How did people get you? Uh, you know, I will tell you, On uh, in addition to that, I, I serve currently on the board. My job is to recruit uh, board members. Uh, oh. So I, 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 I've taken on and put on the hat of a headhunter. I'm out there. I'm hustling. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm really trying to identify those people who are exhibiting leadership. Uh, uh, in, in leadership in their particular organization, and those people who have passion uh, for giving back, and, and this may be of intrigue for them. We we have taken ownership of the board orientation, and that is key. So mm-hmm. we've, we've established a very well-put-together tour. So when we invite somebody to come in, we take them on a tour that takes them around all of our facilities to let them know that we are serious about what we do. We express to them the amount of time immediately that each of these board members are putting in. We're very committee-driven. And so, uh, you know, a board can, depending on the board that I'm, I'm serving on, it can be uh, from, you know, 8 to 12 hours a month. That you, yeah. and, and that's substantial sometimes, right? Yeah, um, uh, and that's 8 to 12 hours of, uh, of, of time away from work. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm looking at people in particular positions where they can give that time. When we look at, uh, um, not to take away from uh, those very aggressive and uh, ambitious young men and women who may be mid-management level, they may not have the seniority to leave work in the middle of the day to go and do a two-hour lunch at their, uh, for their board, mem- their board meeting. So we definitely want to engage those people who have the flexibility to, to leave and provide that time. Also, who's able to grow in that company, so or in, within the within the organization. So it's a lot that goes in it, mm-hmm. but I I truly say that I wrap it up in I am a headhunter. Mm-hmm. I am identifying people. I'm assessing people immediately whether I'm going to extend that invitation and occupy the time of staff and giving them a tour. Uh, we definitely have a process that we go through. We have a selection committee 
that we bring them to, and we go over their resume and their goods and bads, and how do they fit on the board. There's no point in having a board with five lawyers. Okay, one or two may do it. Uh, no point in having a board of you know six financial people. One or two may do it. So we 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 have all that to consider when we're when we're accessing potentials. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, Cheryl, just uh, just yes. for some more plebeian approaches. Uh-huh. Uh, I think uh, actually speaking to Vic's point of committees, I think committees are a good uh, first level of recruiting non-board members to be uh, to learn about the organization, work their way up, and become board members. So uh, recruit someone to a program committee if there's such a thing, or uh, an HR committee. You get you know you call up a corporation, say I really need somebody to advise on this, and the corporation says, okay, I got this HR person, and then that person comes and comes to your committee and. Assuming that you're a really exciting mission-driven organization, uh, that person may get really excited and could become a potential board member. Mm-hmm. member. Yeah, uh, I think the the yeah. other methods mm-hmm. include uh, actually putting ads into local papers and online. Uh, Craigslist is actually I've seen Craigslist being used. Uh, the United Way, I think some of the United Ways have board. Um, recruitment places that, that really reach corporations. So there are a few more uh, technical ways to get mm-hmm. folks as uh, on the first list of mm-hmm. potential board members. Great. Well, I love what both of you have had to say, and I, and I really hear in what you laid out of Vic as being very intentional, developing that intentional plan and, and operationalizing and working it. And, um, and Mike, I also hear you talking about some of the um, conventional ways as well as the not conventional with regards to the advisory committees, which I think is a great way. I've seen organizations use advisory boards as a wonderful way of vetting potential board members or getting people engaged that may not necessarily have as much time as one might be able to give or be expected to give if they were an actual board member, but they have um, some expertise and time and talent that can be lended to our treasurers even. getting a little bit more closer to the organization than someone who doesn't have a formal connection at all. So I love the idea of the advisory committees. And then um, lastly, Mike, you indicated that uh, the other challenge in engaging boards was really leadership itself, the person really having the skills to facilitate those process skills to support conversations and bring closure to decisions in a quality way. Any thoughts about how one might go about helping board um the chair, you know, that person who's in that leadership position, develop those facilitation skills or become well, more adapted. Uh, first of all, let me suggest that, that we don't want to, if, if Mike Burns joins your board tomorrow, he should not be selected chair the day after. Uh, that, that's, you know, even if he actually knew what he was doing, he shouldn't do that. He needs to or learn the culture and the values and experience with each other, uh, the other board members. So, uh, unfortunately, I actually have seen too often where people can rise to this top very quickly if no, for no other reason, process elimination. So we don't want that to happen. That's a no-no. Stop that if, if anybody's out there doing that. Um, but I think we should uh, think about board member, uh, let's say you're on a two, three-year term uh, program. The first three years are all about learning and identifying from the executive committee perhaps or leadership who might be a good chair and then mm-hmm. start building that person's capacity to be chair mm-hmm. in their second mm-hmm. three-year term. Okay. Uh, so we Excellent. want a succession plan. 
Yeah, excellent. I love that. So they kind of learn while sitting under the stewardship of others or the guidance of others, identifying them and developing them so that by the time they're sitting in that board um, seat, they've, they've seen it in action. Yep. Okay, love it. We're going to take another um, short break, and when we come back, we'll have um, questions from the audience. We'll ask each of you to just field some of the questions that may have been emailed or called in. So we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. And today we are talking about engaging boards for greater visionary leadership and support. And um, I'm pleased to have Vic Baker, manager of Customer Program with San Diego Gas and Electric Company here in San Diego, and Mike Burns, partner with BWB Solutions out of Connecticut, on the line. Thank you again for being with us. And during our break, Ashley Shapiro has joined us. Ashley is standing in today for Valerie Wright, our associate producer, who's on travel today. So, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on and and being willing to um, bring us the uh, questions from our listening audience. No problem. Thank you. Okay. And I think you indicated you had two questions. Yes, I have two questions. The first Mm -hmm. question is a two-part question from Cindy in Pennsylvania, and it is, as a potential board member, how do you match yourself to an appropriate board, and what characteristics make up an effective board member? Okay. Who'd like to start us off with a response to Now, that came from Cindy. Yes. Great. Who would like to respond to Cindy's question? Thank you, Cindy, for your question. 
Uh, Vic, this is good for you. <laughs> Not a problem. I'll, I'll go ahead. Cindy, thank you for your question. Um, how do you match yourself up with the appropriate board? I think first and foremost, we talked earlier about passion. I think uh, find an organization that you're passionate about. Uh, that'll make it easy when it comes to identif- uh, to giving your, your three T's, your time, talent, your treasure. But also, understand what it is that they need on the board. Uh, we, we spoke right before break on uh, overlap. And, and if, you are, if you have a particular expertise, are there other people on the board providing that same expertise, and will there be overlap? Um, we definitely don't want you to be bored on the board. We, we want you to provide some input and, and, uh, and, and help the board to achieve its goals. So I would say to answer that question quickly, and I know I don't give quick answers, but to answer that question quickly, is find an organization you're passionate about. Uh, make sure that you're able to give your time, talent, your treasure. Uh, and uh, lastly, try not to get on the board that uh, you're going to overlap expertise. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. Really appreciate that response, Vic. Mike, anything you want to add? No, I think that that works really well. I, I, I'm, I like the passion-driven point. That's That's really the driver. Uh, of course, then you have to estimate your time capacities and, you know, are you a good fit and all that stuff. And I, I would want to reinforce, I've been using the language of um, you know, values and culture. I, I do think that, that that's a predominant uh, challenge in today's boards. Uh, I know that there's been a lot of movement towards recruiting youth. Uh, youth could be, and depending on the organization, could be 30, but I think more folks are talking about youth being college age. And I find that uh, college-age folks are can be very helpful in a youth-serving organization, but they can also be uh, uh, very uh, beat up by a board which doesn't uh, it doesn't speak the language of youth and doesn't think like youth. And um, that's a cultural problem. I mean, it, culture can apply to age or race or socioeconomics, but I think we have to make sure that our boards are sensitive to that. Uh, not just sensitive, but responsive to those variables that uh, make for a, an intelligent and responsive board. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Ashley, did you have a second question? Yes. The second question comes from Maria from San Diego, and it is, when, if ever, should a board member get involved with the operational side of an organization? Oh, okay, great. That takes us back to that initial conversation we mm-hmm. were having. Who'd like to jump in and start on that one? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to start off. Okay. I, I think that the um uh, again I'm going to go back to stage of development matters. Uh if I'm bored that that doesn't have staff, I don't think I can avoid uh looking long range. And again in stage of development, it, it, I use a four stager with with infancy being uh I have no resources, I'm passionate, uh, this me I being the board and I I just need to get my work done. You see this a lot in the um in uh, animal-related stuff, the people who do things with cats and dogs and stuff, rescue places, and they're very hands-on, and they, and they're not going to be more than a, a year looking forward. But as you grow and mature, I should be weaning myself of paying attention to how you know what color coat the dog should be wearing, to understanding whether or not we have enough money to pay for caring for the dogs. And so I think in time, when I get an exec 
it's really going to be on the exec to start differentiating which is an operational item and which is not. And a lot of that is managed by how much information and the type of information an exec provides. If I'm to be a prudent board member, I need enough information to make to be fiduciarily responsible. And uh, that is really between me and the board to learn that in time. And there are sort of some standard rules, but I think it's a it's a learned behavior. And um, I think there are times, in the answer to the question, there are times when a board in its infancy stage, in its juvenile stage, maybe even into adolescence, it's going to pay attention to the to the the weeds. But after that, it should be uh, three to five year out and sixty thousand feet and mission driven and outcome results focused. Okay, great. Anything you'd like to add, Vic? Yeah, I, I would definitely like to ditto that. You know, I love the sixty thousand foot view of uh, of, a, of uh, your job as a board member. But I would also say one of the areas in which uh, I try to drive myself from being too much hands on is uh, does that particular organization have staff versus are you the staff? Okay, and there comes a time. Uh, let's take the example of a of a. Um, animal shelter, there may come a time where, you know, you're sitting in a board giving vision and direction, but on the weekends you may want to get your hands dirty and go watch some dogs. That's the difference between volunteerism and, and being on that board. Uh, but I don't expect you, I don't. I definitely don't expect anyone to be watching uh, the dogs and cats giving direction at the same time. I think there needs to be a, a division there. Mm-hmm. So my expectation is if, if they have a staff, let the staff do what they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Normally, in a board relationship with staff, you only have one person that works for you, and that's the CEO, that's the president of the or the director or whoever that may be of the organization. Allow that director to do their job because it's your job to hire and uh, and let go of that director. So, hopefully, as a board member, you're putting that person in charge to manage it all. Okay? Mm-hmm. Great. So that CEO and president or that executive director is the board's, uh, one might say, employee. After mm-hmm. the organization is fully grown and, and the board then has the latitude to um, begin to focus, as Mike said, where they should be dealing with the policy planning and education. So right. Great. But, if you're mm-hmm. a, but if you're at an organization, I'm sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but if you're at an organization, for example, a, a youth little league or a youth football, right. mm-hmm. you know that there's no one working for the organization. So yes, you, you are going to, to be the staff, employee like and the board member. <laughs> Whether you're Except the vice the president or the president, you're still going to be picking up trash at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Mike, what did you say? I said, except for the bookkeeper who's going to steal your money. <laughs> There's been this uh, Well, we would hope not, uh, but I do understand. So the distinction for Maria is really, uh, I think, goes back to what Mike said at the beginning with regards to stages of development. And really, mm-hmm. uh, when that organization is fully grown, the expectation would be that the board is focusing at that 60,000 feet. It's looking out That's strategically right. at policy, and if they are going to get involved operationally, it goes back to what Vic said with their employer, employee, which is that um, CEO or that executive director, whatever, however that position is termed. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Maria, thank you so much for your question. Ashley, thank you for coming on and, and bringing those questions to us. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, um, Vic and Mike, kind of going back and um, and really thinking about this thing, we've kind of talked about visionary leadership. What does visionary leadership coming from a board really look like? 
Yes. <laughs> well, and maybe better even said, okay, and 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 I and I ask that because I, I think it's important for um, a board to be able to bring that vision or at least support the vision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because if they're if they can't engage beyond the day to day, then we can't do what Mike was talking about with regards to being two and three years out there. So, yeah. mm-hmm. just want to be clear to our listeners: what does visionary board leadership look like? Yeah, I, I do have a fundamental belief that mm-hmm. what drives passion is a theory of change. And mm-hmm. uh, the theory of change is this uh, three-part thing which says, I understand what I care about and why. I understand what my intervention will be to ensure that, that who or what I care about uh, achieves their the, the, the desired outcome. And I understand that if my uh, intervention is, is good, uh, or successful, I'm going to have an outcome that I care about. So uh, who do I care about? Who or what do I care about? What intervention do I think is the best approach? And what's the result if I'm successful? And I think that's actually the vision, that, that the theory of change helps me define vision and that a good uh, leader helps uh, bring all the folks with passion to a, a consensus around that theory of change and in the end, obviously, brings a, a consensus around uh, what is the agreed-upon outcome we're all striving for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, Vic, anything yeah. you'd like to add? Yeah, I would say uh, a good visionary leadership uh, is definitely, again, it's, it starts with passion. Uh, and it, it, is a, it is, in a sense, a, a corporate job. It's an executive job, and one of the primary jobs of an executive is to get a consensus, and that consensus means, uh, hey, everyone, let's talk about this 5-, 10-year, 20-year plan. What does it look like? What what type of changes do we need to make? The vision, mission needs to be addressed on, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what type of changes we need to make, but that's what drives your policy on how often you look at the, your mission statement, your vision statement, how often you assess uh, how well you're doing. Uh, I like to call them fivers. You know, you get out there and people who always consistently think five years in advance. And assessing the professionalism and the expertise and the greatness of your board members to come to a consensus, I think, is uh, is primary when you're talking about visionary leadership because that's, uh, that's truthfully where the organization needs to be in the next few years. And I agree with Mike, hey, that's change. That will require change. That may be some breakup. That may be some additions, some losing things. But if that's where we want to go, we have to make sure that we engage all the professionals at the table. We have to believe in the people we put on that board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that, um, Vic, your response kind of triggers for me just the whole thought around um, having the board be positioned to be strategic, and that is asking that question um, as relates to where do you want to be, uh, where should we be, how should we be positioned three and five years from now and, and making a difference in what Mike said and those things that we really care about. If If we've made a difference in these things that we really care about, then um, where would we be? And driving in the question with regards to, you know, uh, what's the strategies that one might take to get there after looking at that basic SWOT, um, one might say traditionally with regards to strengths and weaknesses internal to the organization or opportunities and threats external so that you're able to come up with those strategic initiatives that then drives the uh, work plan of the um, staff operationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. 
So we are going to take another short break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask each of you just to share some final thoughts with regards to lessons learned or final tips that we can really consider about engaging boards for greater support and visionary leadership. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact InnoVisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Hey, thank you for staying tuned. And Vic Baker, Manager of Customer Program with San Diego Gas Electric, thank you so much for being with us. And Mike Burns, partner with BWB Solutions of um, out in Connecticut, we again thank you for joining us. Both of you have really offered some great food for thought, and uh, I'm really appreciating the dialogue. Want to um, ask each of you to just maybe think about and give what comes top of mind for you. Maybe something I didn't ask you about today, but you were maybe thinking about it. Um, as some final tips that you might offer to our listeners as relates to engaging boards for greater visionary leadership and support. Who'd like to start? Uh, go ahead, Mike. You can you can start. All right. Thanks, Mike. All right. Uh, thanks for volunteering me, Vic. Um, <laughs> I, 
I think uh, the the big takeaway is uh, for me an emphasis is that effective governance takes work. It's not happenstance. It's it takes planning. It takes uh, skilled execution. It takes thought uh, leaders. Um, and I think an important component of that is an effective governance committee that actually thinks about this not uh, once a year when it's time to go find somebody who's willing to serve, but works on this all year and is working on training and recruitment and orientation and is understanding all the, the, the nuances of making an effective board and uh, is, is uh, always looking out for the next chair, the next officers, and uh, the next new board members. So uh, good, effective governance takes work, and it's planful. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, thoughts from yourself, Vic? I was, uh, and, I, and I'm talking to the people who are considering board memberships or new to boards, and I say this is, um, this being on a board is, is great for satisfying your desire to give back. And so I would definitely uh, recommend that if you're not on a board that you would truly recommend, I would truly recommend being a part of some board that you're passionate about. Uh, it offers opportunities to maximize your talents as an executive if you want to do that. But it also it's a wonderful career move. You know, you're able to engage the the highest echelon or top echelon people and, uh, and, and one particular community who's able to view you, but you're also able to gain some mentorship in that way. So it's a good networking opportunity for you to engage with these executives or communities or whomever it may be. Um, but I also want to leave you with be particular about participating in the board because you can do a board a disservice if you're not able to give the right time, talent, and treasure. So uh, we want it. We, we, we asked for it, um, um, and it, it would hurt us if, in fact, it, uh, we depended on it and it wasn't there. So uh, know that you can do it, and I would encourage you all to just get out there and, and participate and give back because we need it. All these nonprofits need it. Excellent. Wonderful. So really love that thought again, uh, Vic, that you are bringing up. I think it's an important thread that you've brought to our conversation around passion and letting the passion drive the selection of where a person may select as well as their talents um, and making sure that it really aligns with what's needed on that board. And, um, Mike, I go back to your piece with regards to effective governance and mm-hmm. that it takes work and it takes planning. And uh, I think that's something to really kind of think about because a lot of boards may not really have thought about having a committee that really simply deals with um, effective governance. And so um, I think that's another real important thread. Any other um, suggestions that you might offer as relates to references, upcoming events, that our listeners might tune into to gain more information regarding um, governance? Any thoughts from either of you? Or Mike, you want to give even your website regarding um, those who might want to reach out to you on this topic? Uh, sure. Uh, website is www.bwbsolutions, that's a plural, dot, uh, com. And, and also, I think in today's uh, environment, uh, I would encourage folks to be thinking that uh, small is not necessarily mean success or survival. 
Uh, neither is necessarily extremely large, but uh, this is a very serious time for partnerships and mergers and uh, boards looking at other boards that might be doing what they're doing. This is the time to think about that. I, I would encourage folks looking at uh, uh, Good to Great uh, by Jim Collins. Uh, there's a little uh, red sort of thing. It's a little monograph that's uh, Good to Great and the Social Sectors, and I think that's a quick read that all boards might uh, benefit from in order to help them think about outcomes and what do we do best and whether or not we should do it on our own. Excellent. Love it. And I would also kind of add to that uh, the Alliance for Children and Families. They also have um, some um, very specific trainings as relates to boards. I know that our board is in the midst of also developing a board training and can certainly go to the Neighborhood House Association's website as well as InnoVision's website and see what's there um, as well as coaching services to support in this development. The other thing that I found very helpful through the years is simply Googling. I mean, there's so much information out there on the um, general public domain in the um, Internet where you can Google a topic and get so many um, resources, be it books or articles, on very specific topics. And those, <clears throat> those who happen to be members of SHRM, uh, SHRM also has some relative things in their um, library that can be helpful with regards to white papers and so on and so forth. So um, any other thoughts with regards to resources? I think you stole mine. I was going to invite everyone to, you know, to go to neighborhoodhouseassociation.org. Uh, that is by far the best board I've ever belonged to, and that is a very engaging board, very committed board, and board that spends a lot of time and effort in managing. But also, uh, that's without... That's the, without saying that uh, we do get coaching, and I think through InnoVisions, InnoVision definitely coaches us and makes sure that we keep on the uh, keep our P's and Q's up to par. We want to stay at the top of our game as well, right? So we solicit uh, companies like InnoVision to come in and coach us and to drive our mission and vision on a yearly basis. And it's okay to continue to be coached. The best people in the world have coaches. You know, the best football players, basketball players, executives, all have coaches. And so does our board. So I would invite you to go to Neighborhood House Association, uh, see who's on our board, see the type of uh, accolades that they have, the the, uh, the organizations that they work for. And if you would like to get some coaching, I would engage InnoVision uh, in, in getting that coaching because uh, some of our board members are participating with InnoVisions on giving some of that coaching. So um, good luck to you all. Yeah, thank you, Vic, and thank you so much for serving on our board, and thank you also for um, your kind words with regards to InnoVisions. Uh, we're at www.innovisions.org and always um, really grateful to have an opportunity to serve. So Vic and Mike, again, I want to say thank you to both of you for being on our um, show today and want to thank our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time, for Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter. Matter.